ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and inks, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Wait for you. Hold on. <laughs> 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 Whatever bombs you gotta, you about to drop on us real quick and it's gotta take cover. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. I'm under the table, just waiting. Earthquake warning is in effect. Word. <laughs> Seismic activity. Oh my god. <laughs> it was just gonna be a lighthearted <laughs> lighthearted my ass, nigga. <laughs> Damn. Wait, I gotta be ready for your ass. Jude is not oh. on camera anymore. I need y'all to understand that Jude has disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making sure here. Oh my god. Okay. Um <laughs> It's wow, it is. Take cover, take cover, take cover. It's your man of my case, aka the Southwest Flight Saint, aka the Intergalactic Man Whore. You know, this is (laughs) (laughs) Intergalactic Man Whore. (laughs) Yo, wait, am I I silver surfing as a pussy? Star-Lord ain't got yeah. nothing on me. Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> the Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sweating bricks right now. Why? <laughs> Why? Man, well. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how you start an episode. It uh, sure is. No. I'm, I'm glad, Jude, I'm glad that you took cover. Um, It's, uh, it's good <laughs> to be back, folks, as you, as you might have seen by now on our Instagram. It's our second to last episode of the season, um, and uh, today we have a list of topics that we're going to talk about, but before we get into those, of course, we have our new segment, Someone Needs to Be Stopped. Stop this nigga! Stop this nigga! <laughs> so Jude, what? Uh, who's, who's, okay. who's acting up and needs to be uh, reined Oh, you smell. Stop it. So, uh... There is a pilot of Southwest Airlines who has been sentenced for exposing himself while watching pornographic films during a flight. Mm. Mm. 
A retired Southwest Airlines pilot was sentenced to probation Friday after pleading guilty to exposing himself to a female first officer and watching pornography on a laptop during a flight from Philadelphia to Florida last year. So, I'm hearing retired. I'm wondering if it's last year he did it and now Mm. he's getting sentenced or he's retired and was on a flight and then did it. But anyways, Michael Hatton, mm-hmm. 60 years old, apologized and expressed remorse for his actions before U.S. Magistrate Judge Mark Colson sentenced him to one year of unsupervised probation and $5,000 fine. Uh, it started as a consensual prank between me and the other How was it? No, a wait. Prank? Stop. Already stopped because how was a prank consensual? I had to, I, I had to stop. <laughs> A prank is a prank is all is by definition not consensual because it doesn't work if the person knows what's happening. Right. Well, <laughs> it's it's like a double negative. Like yeah. it's it so it's, that's it's just, already you're you're out of pocket there. And then so the other it, pilot was a woman, right? Is that that's yeah, so it's it started first as a consensual a consensual prank between me and the other pilot. I never imagined it would it would turn into this in a thousand years. Hack said during a remote hearing. You didn't think hearing. you was going to be watching someone getting their pussy popped during the flight <laughs> and not think to yourself, maybe my co-pilot would be very uncomfortable <laughs> doing some shit. At Saying 60, like, though, at 60 at, years old. I am hoping this is the beginning stages of dementia. Like, That's what I'm hoping. Listen, Tom Hanks, like, if you don't go sit down somewhere. <laughs> what you doing over there? About, oh. <laughs> nah, this is like Snoop Dogg and Soul Plane or something. Like, <laughs> as the plane continued its flight, Hack further engaged in inappropriate <laughs> conduct in the cockpit as, as the first officer continued to uh. perform her duties as an assigned air crew member. Oh, yes, meal. This yeah, is... once again, yeah, a woman has to keep doing her job while there's some dude messing it up for the rest of us. Oh, God. So 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 what's the I mean he's he's been sentenced to probation he, but like he's he's charged with intentionally committing a lewd act, indecent or obscene act in a public place as a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum of ninety day ninety days in jail, but crackers get probation. Yeah. And he was charged in Maryland because it was one of the states the aircraft crossed that day. Wow. What about his hey, what about his That's what I didn't think about. I didn't think about that. Like oh. your the law changes as you oh, fly. As you're flying, yeah. But so what like, about his what about his license though? Period. Oh no, he's retired, so he doesn't fly. That shit ain't getting taken away. But no, he's retired. He's done. Oh, like, you're not you're not flying anymore. Well, he retired after this though. I, well, I guess that's what I you're saying. Hope, I'm, yeah. I hope. That's what I'm hoping. Because sometimes I think retired this. pilots do still like they'll do flights every now and then. I feel like like in the same way that like you know <laughs> like My a retired a jazz singer will will, will play the will play a club <laughs> every now and then for some cash like. <laughs> I feel like heroin? that's a thing that retired pilots can still do, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I would hope that this is the kind of the equivalent of, of like a of a lawyer forging evidence, like you get disbarred for stuff like that. Disbarred. That makes no damn sense. Like, how you okay? You get on the flight and you see your boy. They're like, "Hey, yo, bro, you want to fly this plane real quick? You want to fly this plane real quick?" And nah, man, I'm chill. I'm chill. I'm gonna be in the back. I'm gonna be in the back. You know what I'm saying? All right, now. Ben, you bet you bet I go watch some porn. I'm off, I'm off, I'm off all day. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. But also, you don't have service in the flight. Like, 
Southwest Southwest Airlines got Wi Fi. Oh, they got Wi Fi. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. he probably he probably well, paid I... that eight dollars. He probably paid him eight dollars for well, that flight. Now he, a pilot. Yep. he already got the code. He, he already, already has the code. code. Yeah, I I like Free. the idea, Jude. I think where you were going is that he purchased and downloaded whatever this video was <laughs> in advance for the flight. Yo, <laughs> for that hour and thirty right. minutes. Spirit is still ratchet. Hold on now. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, do y'all remember that that uh that that viral video of the people getting into a fight on the. I, you would have to while it's in the air. <laughs> you Wallace would have you would have to be trying to murder me for me to get up <laughs> and fight you in the middle of the sky <laughs> and jeopardize my frequent flyer miles. What are you talking about? Like it, it's just sometimes. <laughs> it just it just couldn't wait. It just couldn't wait it in the moment. They said we're about to reach uh thirty thousand feet altitude. Um, is that is that People out here in the back getting crazy. Yo, get that nigga! nigga. <laughs> Let me have my pretzels, nigga. Fuck out of here. <laughs> you when wake up. In here, there was a. Uh, they was lit a video. off the. They lit off the wine. The little bullshit I guess wine so. they got. I was mm-hmm. I was scrolling through that thread and there was a video of like um I don't know how I don't know what the context of it was. It was a clip and I'm sure it was very terrifying for the people who were in it. I would have been terrified. But it was basically like the caption was the pilot should have done one of these. And it was a plane cabin, and then you just saw it like dip, and like everything went <laughs> flying. <laughs> All right, now get your ass back in y'all seat. Nah, I should have done the, the, the twist, the twirl, yeah. the little flip. We can find out. <laughs> yep. Well, you, you hear that mic come on? Uh, this is my pilot. Um, uh, I just heard that there's some fuck shit going on back there. Y'all better get y'all shit right, or I'm gonna turn this flight around. <laughs> All right, now. I'm gonna turn it upside down. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it upside down. Washington in flight. <laughs> Yo, land the plane backwards black, and upside down. Pilot was black though, for real. Yeah, I mean, that man probably would have been in prison. Just like, just moment. like a train conductor. Just like a train especially conductor. Especially, especially if the first officer was a white woman. You know. Oof. You know, maybe. Wait, hold on. Was it a white? Was it a white woman? There's no pictures of these motherfuckers. Is it that's probably article? for the best. That's probably for the best. I'm getting this because... from all from USA Today, but let me okay. look up this gentleman's name. His name is Michael Hack with two A's. Oof. Who names people? Yeah. Like, yeah, yo, bro, I was like... real quick. I'm sorry. Speaking of naming people, I was at my mother's gravesite, and there's a person, there's a, there's a family, not too far from my mom, named Cunts. Mm. K U N T Z. Mm. No, that's a hard life. It's probably Kuntz. I would bet it's Kuntz, but I mean, when you read mm-hmm. it, Justin, I know. Can you, know, read, can you imagine saying, <laughs> being at school? Oh no, forget about it. Yeah, no, she was being at school, and the teachers just like Kuntz. <laughs> <laughs> In the back, it's 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 me. It's Kuntz. <laughs> it's, 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 that little kid is like this, like. It's pronounced Kuntz. <laughs> In my class, yeah. your name is Kuntz, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that kid was getting pu- uh, bullied in the playground all the time. Oh, hell yeah. Right, but Michael anyway, Hack is, yeah. let me see, see here. Him? I'm trying to find this gentleman. You may not be able to find his face. Like, they may not have, like, no. a mugshot even. No, 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 no. Is he a Negro? He's the illest Negro. He looks like the dude from Dexter. <laughs> oh man! 
You just couldn't wait, couldn't you, huh? You couldn't wait till you get off the flight. God damn wow. it. And we were just talking about how stop this. Yo, nigga, didn't know yo, nigga pulled his dick out and said, surprise, motherfucker. He looked at his co-pilot. He said, hey, baby, you see this video? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that because I have this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in conclusion, Michael Mack, stop. (laughs) Stop. We got to revoke his nigga card. Um, Our our next bit of uh, of news to talk about, in lieu of fight news today, we're actually going to talk about uh, other sports. We don't necessarily have a name for this segment yet. We're figuring it out. Uh, I said blow the balls out, but... I Roll the don't. balls out. Let's play. I don't know. Um, we're not going to talk about hockey pucks. Thank you. No, we ain't talking about hockey pucks. <laughs> no. But All anyway, of the sports have balls. There has been some uh, drama lately in the tennis community um, mm. because Speak Naomi Osaka, um, who is the, the Japanese-American uh, sort of firebrand pro tennis Patient. player, Ranked number one by the Women's Tennis Association, the first Asian player to hold top ranking in the singles. Uh, she recently skipped a, uh, a press conference, basically. Um, mm. And uh, uh, it was, it, you know, those things are considered obligatory when you're, um, I guess, an athlete uh, and especially in her uh, profession. So um, she, as a result of the. Um, the backlash from that has decided to withdraw from the French Open, which mm-hmm. is a huge, uh, you know, sort of uh, decision for someone in her position to make. Um, but, you know, her, she's coming from a place of, like, I am not a great public speaker. Um, I suffer, you know, from anxiety, and my, my mental well-being is, was the priority for me um, at that time. And, you know, um, I just didn't feel like doing it. Uh, but they find her. They slapped a fifteen thousand dollar fine on Jesus her Christ. Uh, for um, for doing this. Let me pull up. This is from ESPN. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been fined fifteen thousand, skipping her mandatory news conference following her first round win at the French Open on Sunday, and could face stiffer punishment, including default from the tournament, if she continues to avoid speaking to the media. Uh, in a joint statement from the four Grand Slam tournaments, the organization said they had written to Osaka after she announced she would not be participating in her media obligations during the fortnight and reminded her of the consequences stated in the 2021 rulebook should she opt out. Uh, the four tournaments, which include Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Australian Open, said there would be further and greater consequences if she continued to decline. Uh, mm. As might be expected, this is a quote, repeat violations attract tougher sanctions, including default from the tournament and the trigger of a major offense investigation that could lead to more substantial fines and future Grand Slam suspensions. So, like, they're treating this basically like uh, like she's in high school and she plagiarized on, a, on an exam. <laughs> on and, a like, right. there's, gonna, there's, like, a, there has to be a summons about it. Like, it's really... <clears throat> it's gross. I had no idea the level to which this would go, but it's it started a lot of uh, discourse online about how the media speaks to specifically black women in sports and uh there's been some stuff going around about the williams sisters and how uh journalists have loved to pit them against each other for the past 10 or however many years
years they've been playing. Probably they've been playing since the nineties. Right, since they, they were like started. prodigies when they were like fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah, their father had them out in Compton. Yes, playing tennis. Yeah, so um, it's it started some conversation about that, and you know there was another example recently of Venus. Um, no, I'm sorry, Serena uh, giving an interview after. Uh, after a game, and one of these journalists asked her, like, hey, you know, you're looking a little bit down. Like, I'm wondering why that is. Is it because um, uh, you feel like what he somehow brought up? Hang on, you know what? Give me a second so that I don't paraphrase it. Please hold. Put it in your mouth. Hey, nigga, yo. Y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all know that song? We know that song, but wow! <laughs> you wanna go down? Why not? I be like Herbie. Okay, let me stop saying that because I, I, I definitely know the whole song. It's, it's kind of weird, but yes, you know the whole song. Okay, you can't find it. Yeah, I, I kind of blame my uncle for that because he was the one that put me onto that song at the age of eleven. Is this the same <laughs> uncle that gave you the screwdriver? Yep, not screwdriver. A nutcracker. A nutcracker. <laughs> a nutcracker. Yo, you're mm-hmm. from the Bronx. <clears throat> yes, he is. Born and bred. <laughs> Born and bred. <laughs> he, uh, ooh, he been through a lot. You know what I mean? It'll be some funny shit. Some real funny shit. There was, so there was a time, um, he, uh, he used to sell crack pipes. Um, and, uh. Wait, 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 wait specifically crack pipes? Yes. In the 80s. And my grandmother caught him outside of the building and she went off she threw the crack pipe bag out into the street mm. you saw crackheads scurrying like rats to that damn bag they were just, it was it was that bad a swarm it was that oh, bad. a swarm and they didn't see no crack and they said you ain't shit so it was um yeah he been what, doing that what's he doing now works at a mail room Hey, you know. good for him. It's He's an way. usher at the church. Come on, Jesus. Can't find the specific video, but it was like, you know, there was definitely another one where where her pops her pops interrupted a video with She said what she said. Yeah. Yeah. She was basically she was basically saying in the interview that the reporter was asking her, is she confident about this game and she was like i can beat her because i'm confident and he said right. you're confident she said yes and he kept asking repeating the question a dad came out of nowhere mm-hmm. behind him he was like listen she already said it one time she's a kid right. like if she says she's confident she's confident she's gonna beat her why do you keep asking the question and right. so he was like why do you keep answering he said why do you keep asking her she just said it and so yeah they've been like this since yeah they've been 14. exactly i'm waiting for that movie um that Will Smith movie to come out. Oh yeah, where he plays the dad. Yeah, he's playing. Who's gonna play the Who's gonna play the um the sisters? I don't know. Serena. I think it's just like two little two little black girls. I'm waiting for for the documentary to come out because I know it's gonna be fire. Yeah, man. Um, but you know, I mean, what I mean, I guess just to center it again on Naomi, how do y'all feel about this? Like, if if you were in her position. Would you feel justified in in skipping you know these media obligations or you know I mean she's getting a lot of support from mm-hmm. you know other athletes other celebrities et cetera et cetera um, 
but it's a tough position to to be in. To, you know, it's almost like she's facing she's facing blacklisting in a in a sense, and that her career could be jeopardized because of this. I don't think it's gonna be jeopardized. She's gonna be come out as a hero. Nike's back in her. She has mm-hmm. people in her corner, so I don't think that her career is over. She's just taking a scrape, mm-hmm. but gonna have a better career after this. Like Ali, Ali took a big scrape. We're not going to Vietnam, mm-hmm. but he had a really good career. So mm-hmm. he still came out as the hero. She'll come out as a hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is is. I I definitely feel like it should be taken serious because. You know, this is your mental health we're talking about. Yeah. And you're going to the French Open. You're going to a big event, and um, and you're not right up here. Then how are you gonna? Then how you 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 know that your performance is going to. Uh, it's definitely gonna show mm-hmm. if if you're not in in the right mind. And so, for her to come out and say like, "Hey, there's something going on," like I feel like I don't really want to do this but i'm gonna say oh well, we're gonna have to f- find you fifteen thousand dollars just for not just for addressing the fact that i have something that's going on rather right. than just not showing up at all that makes and she said that she already um gave she already given a statement out to them regarding that so it's not like she just did this out of nowhere it yeah. should be taken seriously if you're not right up in in the mind that you know your performance is going to be trash then yeah, you have some time off for yourself. Athletes, athletes, celebrities—they work day and night. Like it's ridiculous. I was watching the uh, 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 the Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, single day, crazy. that man is working. Yeah, like and it's ridiculous. He's like a zoo animal. Yeah. Naomi's like the same way with her practices. Serena, Venus, like they work day and night, but like you don't miss. You say you want to just miss this one meeting, and you and you have to get fined that much money because of that. Yeah. Come on now, bro. And that's another thing. Oh, like Marshawn Lynch was doing this in the, in football, and he just showed up and said one word: "I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined." Mm-hmm. Let everyone else talk and ask his questions. He said the same shit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It is it is pageantry. You're right, Jude. It is like being a zoo animal in a sense. I mean, she's 23 years old. Yeah, she's our age. Yeah, can you? I like talking shit, so I'll do it. But <laughs> <laughs> ask me to talk shit all day, but she seems mad sweet. Yeah, not everyone. Not everyone is is is, uh, is as outspoken in that sense. And even if you know, obviously there are ways to get over that. Or if you, I'm sure she has had. I think she's had more like one on one interviews. You know, with like, she'll probably have like a Vanity Fair situation or a, a GQ situation. Well, GQ is mostly men's stuff, but you know what I mean. Like, like intimate that, conversations. There's something that's, intimate. Yeah, that's sort of like one on one, front page spread type of thing. But yeah, man, it can be. And, and those journalists are there to harass you, to incite uh, a reaction, and then they can use that to spin a narrative. So for someone that's. I don't get young, that though. It's, like, ask it's, good questions. Don't ask like yeah, yeah, questions. True. Ask the good fucking questions. Be creative, motherfucker. You go to school for this. Right, right. I mean, hey, listen. I guess all this to say, Naomi Osaka, come to Harlem's very own podcast. Uh, we'd love to host you and talk about um, what it's like to date YBN Corday um, <laughs> and, and other girls. You mean you mean Ernie from Sesame Street? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why'd you have to? <laughs> Why'd you have to? <laughs> Even though I did, I definitely, I definitely talk trash about like everyone who has three letters in front of their rap name. Uh, oh, same here. Or the Lils. Same or here. The Lil, like Lil Kim, but Lil like Wayne, the YBNs, the the, the NBAs. Yeah. YNW, YML. Yeah. NLE. NLE, yeah, all that stuff is like, I guess it's like gang affiliation in a way, quote unquote, but it's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's very annoying. Truly. Truly. Like, I just want to say Cordae if I want to say anything at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, power to Naomi Osaka. Um, we, we hope love to, you. you know, we'll definitely cover how this situation develops. Um, moving forward into something a little bit weirder. So, um, recently, there has been a lot of pressure on uh the US government to call for a formal investigation of of what has now been confirmed as uh UFOs. Um is this a Joe I've, Rogan podcast? <laughs> this is us leaning into our our Joe Rogan energy. Um and uh and they're also now being kind of redefined as uh unidentified aerial phenomena, so UAP as opposed to unidentified flying objects, but we'll probably use both interchangeably. Uh, but the Pentagon, as I said, has confirmed these videos that have been submitted to them by, like, usually Navy uh, um, pilots uh, mm. of these unidentifiable objects. Uh, and for a while, you know, like, culturally, we've all kind of heard about UFOs. We all We all have a friend who's seen a UFO, and we're like, okay, like, I believe you, but also, did you really? Like, um, but now, I mean, we're getting government confirmation that like there are these things that are, there are these sightings of uh, of things that can't be explained. Mm -hmm. Now, there are you know a couple of uh, theories as to what they could be. Um, I shared a video, uh, a, a clip from a video on my personal story the other day, but you know, um, one of them is that this is just some secret. U.S. technology that that is like super black ops, like that even the the main government wouldn't know about, which is pretty terrifying. Uh, the other is that it's another country that's doing the same thing, and that's also obviously disconcerting. And then the third is that it's just aliens, <laughs> and that mm -hmm. we and that we've just been you know uh, uh, getting observed. Mm -hmm. um, I. I guess I wanted to talk about this because obviously on this podcast we don't get too conspiratorial and oh, there's God. no need to even now. But like wh what's going on? And, <laughs> and what what's going on? What's going on? What's going and on? Like, what's going on? And what do y'all what do y'all think uh, which of those theories I guess number 1 would you most easily accept? You know they're they're all concerning, like I said. But like, which of them do you most easily accept? Do you think there's a rational way to explain it that isn't any one of those things, or like, because it's so funny that like we're that this is happening and that no one's really talking about it. Because we're tired, right? No, because <laughs> like, the pandemic knew. happened and it was like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess the the rest of the of the end of the world scenarios may as well come, you know, happen. Um, but it it was like I think it was last year, right, when all those people on Twitter were talking about trying mm -hmm. to storm Area Fifty One. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Like literally. Yeah. Just... So they stormed the Capitol instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which led to a, a far it's... less interesting outcome. Yeah, um, those mad wags. There was but, uh... someone met Pop Smoke. 
Oh my god. <laughs> There's this YouTube channel called All Gas No Breaks and he this what white guy, he just interviews the he goes to these random ex expos and oh, interviews the most random people. It is mm-hmm. hilarious. So he went to that event where they were about to storm Area 51. Oh, and they were like, yeah. And it was like, oh, we're going to, oh, we're about to go in there. We're going to see some aliens and shit. And we're about to be out here. You just run into them. Okay. Cause they, they're not going, they're going, they're not going to tase us. They're not going to shoot us. We're going, we're going to get in there. We're going to see some aliens. And they, and the homeboy interviewed the, the people that were guarding it. They said, I don't know what the hell they trying to do. <laughs> they, they, they really think that they're trying to get in here. Like, I don't, it ain't I don't gonna know. Happen. It's, it's really not going to happen. Like, it, I really wish they would do this. Like, this is ridiculous. And they're like, we're going to start it. We're going to start Area 51. That's what we're going to do. We're going to see some aliens. I remember, because I fucked one before. It's a, but it's just. <laughs> <laughs> that anal probe thing? So it's fuck you? Oh, my. Yeah. People, people make national news talking about that. Like, they got Yo, they ass. got beamed up into a spaceship, and they were they were having sex with aliens. Like, oh, my God, it was so real, and I felt it inside my body, and outside it was out-of-body experience. Ahmad's voice is, is so <laughs> dynamic. It's an Yo. instrument. It truly is an instrument. Um, Niggas got a voice like a trumpet. Like, there's <laughs> 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 a trombone like this. <laughs> I'm not gonna trombone. Pause. pause I pause, would like pause, to tell that. Wow, that is very hell. <laughs> but I mean, what's what's interesting about it is that, like, obviously we know the government conceals things from the public. Yeah. Uh, what I'm worried about is what's in the water, not like what we're drinking, because we know much more about space and all the shit out fucking here. But the motherfuckers in the deep blue sea are the real scary motherfuckers. You know, you know, Jude. I'm so glad you said that because I was actually, um, I well, the first thing I was going to mention is just that Obama like talked about apparently, you know, how when he came into office, he was like, "All right, so where's the lab where we keep the spaceships and stuff?" And that uh, that he actually there are there is footage and records of objects in the skies that remain unexplainable. So he's like also adding fuel to this fire. Oh, but God. as oh, far crazy. as oh crazy. <laughs> But as far as the as far as what you just said, um, we low key already have aliens on Earth, and they're called octopuses. I was watching <laughs> a video recently about the biology of an octopus, uh-huh. and these animals are are like insane. Doesn't even begin to describe the, the level of adaptation that they have. Like, so they originally. They came. They evolved from mollusks, which like are those little like weird things that walk around with the shell all the time, like at the way at the bottom of the seafloor. Okay. Um, and uh, the ancestors of the octopus just one day decided it didn't want to be cramped up inside a shell anymore, and so that's where we got the soft-bodied octopus that we're familiar with today. Yeah, calamari. But, <laughs> yes, but um, just crazy stuff. Like for example, they have the most sophisticated um, camouflage system in the animal kingdom. Period. Like. Usually oh, we, over a uh, chameleon? Yeah, over a chameleon. It's 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 uh it's not only it's about speed, number one, and it's also about complexity. Like chameleons, their their camouflage comes from pheromones um uh-huh. and mood, and it takes a while for them to like a while meaning twenty seconds, which doesn't seem that long in general, but like compared to the octopus, which is Look at Justin Irwin over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Justin Irwin over here. 
Mr. Zoologist up in this motherfucker. <laughs> but compared Froggy, to the octopus, right? which is like, <laughs> uh, it's it's instantaneous and sometimes even involuntary. Like the way mm. we blink, uh, we we can choose mm. to blink or it just happens. Like that's the same thing with an octopus, where because of how sensitive their body is and the fact that there's even there's even neurological like basically willpower in their tentacles, their their arms can think. Their um, arms can think? Yeah, part of their body. Is that what the suction cups are for? Like, they're all kind of like little brains? The suction cups are like little brains? I, I don't think they're independently necessarily. Those are like for gripping and, and sensitivity in general, but like basically just because the how how the uh, the neurons of an octopus are spread out, there's a lot of them in the arms as well. There's a lot of, and like the arm can kind of inform the brain about what to do. So yeah, it'll just be floating past a coral reef and like, camouflage crazy. itself not even necessarily meaning to um and you know that obviously when you're pretty much an entirely um soft-bodied vulnerable creature like that you're going to be very uh susceptible to like you know predators so time is of the essence like and 20 seconds for the chameleon is maybe something that the octopus can't spare uh yeah. but it was also talking about like this video was also talking about their intelligence just their raw intelligence and how they've actually caused scientists to rethink how intelligence forms in animals because a lot of our understanding of it comes from mammals and a lot of it is about like oh well it, it's it we develop intelligence because we're social but mm -hmm. octopuses are entirely solitary so it's yeah, like, they be what reason, it's like right what reason would they have to be this smart you mm -hmm. know a survival is one thing they even there's even examples of them using tools there's one that i think they call it the coconut carrier that like walks across the seafloor holding like two halves of a coconut or some sort of shell Holy so shit. that when it stops for the night it can put itself inside of it which means that it has it has to have the ability to to conceive of that. a future yeah. where it would be in danger you know so yeah. like octopuses are crazy <laughs> and they also they play like they understand how to how to play even though they're not inherently social mm -hmm. uh so yeah the the you're you're absolutely right like the sea the bottom of the ocean, as hell. just some crazy stuff. I, I'll actually send y'all some videos after this. Mm. Um, I didn't know, you know, we're not really the Joe Rogan podcast, but just talking about but, animals. But also, bro, like, all the the cities that have just been demolished from from like tsunamis and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, all we talk about Atlantis or whatever, but all the societies that have just been destroyed, the yeah. ships, all the history that's just stuck in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. It's no, a scary it's, it's, fucking it's, place. It's, it's so scary. It's just space like, is just out there, no oxygen. Right. Like I asked the question, would you rather be burned to death or drown? Uh Damn. you know, I've been asked this a few times and I I feel like my answer changes. I've I, but I think that drowning is like ultimately isn't it less painful? I mean, well, obviously yeah. like you trying to breathe and not being able to is a is a an awful feeling but burning alive like i don't know how long it takes the fire and to and heat to actually kill you so then like it takes a while you're feeling that on you and you're like smelling yourself burning and you're like it's just like your your skin is being peeled away whereas drowning is like if i feel like if you stopped fighting it <laughs> which sounds so sounds so rough but like Dark, bro there's nothing you can you can really you know do once one if you can't swim and you're it, that deep in the water like it is what it is so i'd probably drown drowning is quicker drowning is quicker 
I'm gonna roll with that. Now, if you I'm said gonna, something I'm like, would you, you, if you were like, would you rather get burned alive or have to fight like a colossal squid or something? Then I'm, then I'm going with the burning alive. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to fight a squid, a deep sea animal, um, <laughs> punching sperm whales and whatnot. But uh, Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. yeah, man, it's crazy down there. Absolutely. So I don't know UFOs. More investigations below the sea. For more sure. Invest- I'm for more- sure. And who knows? Like maybe they've landed in the water, mm-hmm. and I just—that's what happened in, in in war. Well, not exactly that, but in War of the Worlds, there was like this lightning storm. You know the Tom Cruise movie, and yep. like they were coming down in the lightning bolts to to go underground, and then that's how they popped up. Like they had buried their ships in the in the earth centuries ago, and then they were coming. It was like a you know that, that kind of cool idea. Um, Cool yeah, idea. No. Sounds terrifying, Justin. It is terrifying, but cool for the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely kind of amazed at how quickly everyone just kind of looked at that news and said, all right, well, it is what it is. Um, because it's also ridiculous to think that we are the only intelligent creatures right. in, in this universe. It's like, yeah, we knew that. Right. I, I, think, I think about the movie Men in Black. For some reason, mm. not the second movie. or third, but the first movie, it was just it was yes, it is amazing. And it's not like oh, we have these these aliens that have fingers and toes and big ass heads and big ass <laughs> eyes. No, maybe it's a huge cockroach <laughs> <laughs> that speaks, saying, "I don't want no trouble. I just want to. I just want to chill here." But then you right. had that one dude with the shotgun, and he gets grabbed, and he uh, said, "Over oh, my dead body," and he said, "Okay." So he took out his muscular skeletal system and shoved his huge self inside of a human body. It's still yeah. nasty. It's still nasty to this that. day. Vincent oh Genocchi my god! In that, in that role, oh and Edgar, amazing. Men in Black Two, though, also. Men in Black Two was great. Is that Men the one with Rosario Dawson? Or yes, is yes, yes. Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, because because Rosario Dawson mm. is why you remember it. Yes, <laughs> mm. too good. It'd be good to rewatch those movies. Um, I haven't re- I haven't seen the first two in a long time, but I I used to watch oh, them a lot. You um, watch them, Justin. Those are really good. And the third one mm-hmm. was a nice was a nice wrap up. Third one was a nice yeah. Wrap-up. It's a nice yeah. wrap up. We are um, not going to talk about wait, the, who, the. It's just like who would have thought to pair Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. And then they, but they work so well together. It's such a, it's such an iconic. Too era. good. Yeah. They saw um, Batman Forever, and they were like, I hate kind of funny. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of uh, of things that alive? people think aliens built, uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, <laughs> That's very specific because if aliens built Mount Rushmore, they they've been paying attention for a minute. They're like, for a while. I like this. Ar- <laughs> I like this arch that these niggas do. <laughs> They're like these presidents for some reason. Ah, you know what? I'm just gonna like carve a mountain with my laser. Right. <laughs> That's just a lot. I don't think aliens like us that much. No. You probably. did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> Only <laughs> these four <laughs> earthly men. No, but uh, uh, there obviously has been something going around on Twitter about you know Rap Rushmore, uh, which is uh, Rap comes Rushmore. up all the time. Uh, but this time specifically for the the decade of the tens. Yes, and there was an image posted by I think it was Hip Hop DX or maybe Complex, of uh, of a Mount Rushmore with Drake, Kendrick, J Cole, and a missing 
fourth figure in the in between them. And so the question became who should fill that slot. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> it was Nikki. Yeah, eventually someone yes, did it is. post it with Nikki. Yeah. Yeah, I my sexist ass was like <laughs> really just stuck between 3 Big Sean, ASAP and Future. I was going to roll with Future. Because Not Kanye? Hmm. Nah, no. Nah, Kanye is a little too old for the 2010s to be considered in that class. Hmm. If he was in that class, he'd be like the the like 24 year old senior in high school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just my thing was I was you know I was trying to remember. I guess it's really about people who helped define the sound of the of the decade. And I was trying to remember yeah. how how many projects Nikki put out in that time span. Three. Um, yeah. But they were heavy hitters, though. Heavy. Pink, oh, Pink Friday, like, Roman Reloaded, The Pink Print, and Queen uh, uh, all came out between 2010 and 2020. Yeah. yeah they, if, you tell it, if you tell any woman back then to give you a, a Nikki verse, they would know it verbatim. Like, yeah. she was a heavy hitter just because she had uh, 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 a short, a short amount of albums, or, or like the number of albums that she brought out was less than the folks that were on, you know, that rap Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, they Although, will remember. Actually, now that I'm thinking yeah, about it, Kendrick had what? Kendrick had three albums, right? I mean, yeah, same, like the same yeah, amount. So as pretty her. much the same amount. Uh, it like, was J Cole and Drake who were putting like, out a lot. Two, three albums a year. Hmm. That's why I think the average for a good rapper is a good two, three albums. No, 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 no. Every two years, every two or three years, they put out. Oh, an album, an album every yeah, two or three. That's years. what I'm about to say. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. about to say. And then Drake, Drake was you know like he said, eight out of ten, eight out of the ten years he had either a, mm-hmm. an album or an EP or something like that. So yeah, I mean it, it it makes sense in that sense. It also makes sense in a talent, uh, mm-hmm. from a talent perspective. Um, and a meme uh, perspective. How many Nicki memes are there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. There's, there's. A if lot. it's like Nicki and Drake, both obviously are in the lead as far as memes are concerned. People don't necessarily meme Kendrick or J Cole in the same way, just because Kendrick is like he's much more mysterious, even still. Like he doesn't really have a lot of appearances that we can nah. snatch clips from, except for his role in Power. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but yeah, I I think it uh, it makes sense there too. And and you know, she she was also like, people started to take women rappers seriously again mm-hmm. when Nicki started doing her thing. You know, um, she was she, nasty with it. Yeah, she was nasty. She could really really rap. Yeah, but also throw in her sexual exploits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still rip shit, and she was able to cross over to the pop world, which is what hurt her a little bit. Mm. Like, How so? You with, uh, Rosenberg from High Ninety Seven, mm-hmm. straight up at Summer Jam with Nicki Minaj headlining the mm-hmm. main stage, and he's in the festival stage with like all the more underground cats, like Kendrick at the time, mm-hmm. which is like 2013, 2012, and he said straight up fuck star shit. Oh. She don't like it either. And she was out here on. She don't like it either. She said it herself. Dance with the two little British girls. 
that boosted her up, made her mad money, made her popular, exposed her to a whole other aspect of aspect of society that may have never heard of her if they didn't like rap like that. Mm-hmm. But then she came back with the pig print because of that. Mm. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Nah, Nick Minaj is a killer and Most yeah, she, she deserves that. I don't know why they didn't put her in there immediately. Uh, because they, they cause she was still blackballed. Like to this day she's still blackballed. Boy Starships? Uh I need more context on that because my girl, Lella, but she knows a whole lot about it. That's her. That's her big sis. But um, that's why, like, she hasn't gotten a lot of Grammys or been invited to the Grammys or to she's not any yeah, she's not really an industry show. favorite in in no in, in the because she will she will talk her shit yeah. and she yeah, will she say will. it with her chest held up high and her head held up high like they did they they do her dirty she they makes. Do her dirty. She makes a, she millions of streams, mm-hmm. and the only reason why the, a lot of these people um, try to think like, "Oh, Nicki Minaj ain't got shit" and all that. Listen, if TikTok was back then, was back when Nicki was coming up, mm-hmm. oh god, you ain't gonna, you ain't, you can't tell me nothing. She would be making, <laughs> she be having hella Grammys, hella, yeah. absolutely, hella, big facts. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's uh. She's she's a black woman who uh, who speaks up for herself, and, and the industry yes. doesn't always treat that very kindly. So, no. but I, I I think that uh, she's become content with the massive amount of support that she does receive from her fans for the work mm-hmm. she does. She's settling down and starting her family and um, got a cute little child. Yeah, and and and, and, and you know cute. that's dope. So props to Nikki for whatever this matters to her, which it may not even you know what I mean. It, it essentially boils down to like an internet game. But um, I think it's uh, it it is undeniable that like she deserves that fourth spot. Absolutely. Certainly more than I don't know. ASAP Rocky and Future. Yeah, what? <laughs> even Big Sean. When you said that, I was like, eh. I like Big Sean, but I like him too. But I don't think he. I feel like he. Nah, he he doesn't he he doesn't hold the same weight as Nicki. Yeah, no, he's he's, he he's where he's at, and that's fine. Uh, but we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back to talk about the first episode of this new Mike Tyson documentary. All right, we are back. Um, thanks for, for tuning back in with us. We're here to talk about uh, the one, the only iron mike tyson um in a new documentary on hulu called the knockout now this is an episodic documentary uh and uh, we did not know this no we didn't we started. <laughs> We're like, oh, shit. yeah um and it's being uh I, I guess i don't i don't even know how many episodes it's gonna have the the second one actually just i'm came guessing out like week. four yeah Probably. it has to be like Keep four because we just we just thought the it just started with the beginning of his career, his childhood, all that shit. Now he gets, we're going to get into his case. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure after his case, there's going to be his like after career where shit's shaky and Tupac gets shot. Where and then movies. Yeah. And then, then after that, then the movies. I I'm looking forward to the rest of it and how it unfolds. Um, there was definitely a lot in here that I did not know about Mike Tyson. 
You watch Witcher Paradise? Same. No, no, I watched this one by myself, but I told my dad about it. He said he might be interested in, in checking it out. Um, cool. So yeah, we'll just go through some of the stuff that I thought was that I thought was cool. But um, uh, I guess my first question is like, and we can use this maybe to sort of frame the rest of it. Like, what did y'all? Was there anything about this documentary that surprised y'all? Anything you didn't already know, or that you were um that you were happy to I, get insight into? I did not know that he was that that, that he loved pigeons so much. At a young age, like they never, I they not once anybody bring that up before. Mm-hmm. Like his 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 way of escaping, um the, the 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 rough streets of Brownsville, Brooklyn, was him going on top of a building and um having excuse me his his peace um with with the pigeons, but it 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 all it all ended when that. When, when when that bully came up and found him there mm-hmm. and twisted that bird's neck in front of mm-hmm. him, which awakened the 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 aggressive um rage that was building inside of Mike and he just wailed on that kid and soon after, you know, he started to take up boxing. I did not know that. Yeah. So that that blew my mind. Yeah. How so kind and gentle of a human he he, he was, Chris still is. Mm-hmm. Um, but has this rage that can just rain fire, hellfire. It's funny how Yo. bullying really does shape these amazing fighters. Ali, when he was 12, had a bike, and it was this whole famous thing that Muhammad Ali's bike got stolen. Hmm. And he's all upset, he's crying, and he went to like a PAL, like a police athletic league, and one of the guys mm-hmm. there was trying to console him, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna whoop him, I'm gonna whoop his ass, I'm gonna whoop his ass. And the dude was like, do you know how to fight, though, kid? Mm. And so he just took young Cassius Clay <laughs> in there and made him into Ali. Yeah. Right when he was 12. Just mm-hmm. that one act just shapes your whole life, which is pretty yeah. insane. Yeah. I'd seen that uh, photo of him holding the dove, the white dove, um, mm-hmm. but I guess i just kind of thought it was like a a fluke or like a coincidental thing that happened had no idea that that was something he liked doing and also that like pigeon battling was a was a thing yo when in... dapper dan said pigeon battles <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> yo niggas battled over everything in the 80s yo yep they freaking dance battle they rap battle they did the fashion battle gay niggas did vocal yep. battles <laughs> Niggas out here doing fucking pigeon battles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was. Yes. That was, uh, that was really interesting. But you're right, Ahmad. That sort of like that insight into what unlocked the the iron inside of Mike Tyson was really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the type of thing that you see in like a superhero movie, and then yeah. you're like, like where the where the kid right. is holding back the whole time, and then they just snap that one time, and it's like, but it actually happened. Um, another surprise for me was, yeah. was that the first visual interview we have in this documentary is Rosie Perez. Rosie uh, Perez is a treasure. I did not expect to see yes. her. It turns out that she, one of the, they, you know how they have like the subtitles after each person's name. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it says Academy Award nominated actress. And then other times it says boxing aficionado, but it never says them both at the same time, which I just thought was funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Apparently she's a real, uh, a real boxing fan, <laughs> a real, um, uh, 
proponent of the sport. Yes, she is. Um, yes, she and is. she definitely had a lot of insight. She knew what she was talking about, not only in terms of boxing, but in terms of growing up in New York City um, and, and in, in the 80s. I never did. Uh, and all She's that a gangster, stuff. yo. Yeah. She's amazing. 100%. She's like J-Lo before J-Lo was a thing and it stuck yeah. to the hood. Yeah. She's I'm waiting J-Lo for without Rosie. No white man. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for Rosie Perez's like, like, Super serious. Well, yeah, but like super serious, like mini series where she's the she's like leading. You know what I mean? I want to see her kind of in a vehicle mm-hmm. where she's driving the plot because she's in this this show called um, the Flight Attendant on HBO that I've been watching. It's pretty uh-huh. cool. She plays a supporting role, but like ever since Do the Right Thing, which she didn't even really love her role in that, um, you know, and filming all those yeah. scenes, it's kind of like that's what has stuck with her. That's what she's iconic for. But, um, playing the girlfriend. Yeah, but I like. Mm-hmm. I think she has potential to like. You know, like I would see Rosie Perez in like a in a boxing movie where she's like. Now I kind of want to see that where she's like fifty seven year old Rosie Perez. She was she was cool mm-hmm. in that. Uh, yeah, it's a prey movie. You know, playing um, Montoya. I think Detective Montoya, which is like a, a oh, movie I, that yeah. I think is is built for her. I didn't like much of the movie otherwise, but she was anyway. also in El Dorado. But nah, 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 nah. El Dorado is very spicy. That's a very spicy ass character. The yeah, baddie yeah. from El Dorado. El Dorado. Rose like El Dorado. I did not see that. Rose El Dorado. Yeah. Oh, she's the she's voicing the the. Oh wait, yeah, the little the the girl with the. The fine ass this chick. Got it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Mm. A little stereotypical. Yeah, I know what you mean. Very by spicy, stereotypical. Sorry, but I never saw it. I, I have seen that seen movie Road like exactly Dorado? one time, I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all never saw Road to El Dorado more than once? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Go do homework. Do homework. You're this right. Is disgusting. That's what I want to This is gross. Um, it's so good. But yeah, they I like they, it. Uh, they talk about, um, I, I, I don't remember who this, what this guy's name was. He was one of the other like former heavyweight champions that was taught. He had the baseball cap and the white. Goatee, husky voice. Oh no, you're talking about uh uh uh, uh Briggs, yeah, the one who grew up across the street. Briggs, Tyson. let's go, champ. Oh, Shannon let's go, Briggs. champ. Yeah, crazy. Guy. Shannon Briggs. Yeah, I think he's and, training uh, one of the yeah. ball boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. He was, but he he said this thing I thought was interesting. He said it when Mike hit you, it came from the corner, and then that's where they started to talk about like him growing up in Brownsville, had an abusive mm-hmm. mother, and and all of that. Um. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the things that surprised me seeing Rosie Perez, the pigeon fighting, and also the fact that he was married to Robin Gibbons, who I, I watched a lot of these box documentaries. Man, I was homeschooled; I had time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I heard about their marriage, but I did not know how serious and how popular it was back mm-hmm. then when it happened. It was like because I was like, we talking about Robin Gibbons, we talking about boomerang Robin Gibbons, like yo. Oh my god. I had never got that role after Tyson. Boomerang Boomerang came out I think in 92 or 90 possibly 92 or 92. You're correct. You're correct. 92. And when did she divorce Mike? 1989. Oh, so after that she was thriving. For a bit. She was thriving. It it it, it took it took it took a couple years for her to thrive again because after they divorced, they were calling her crazy and you know why why does she like put up with so much of his of his bs so um toxic mixed with yeah. toxic like, yeah well you know yeah. you know what was uh 
obviously we're going to jump around this documentary a bit and we won't necessarily talk about it in chronological order. So this aspect of it was interesting. I know Robin Gibbons from uh, from like Tyler Perry stuff, you know, and so mm-hmm. I didn't know how big mm. of a deal she was in the late 80s and 90s. Um, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen Boomerang um, yet. Gorgeous. And uh, yeah, but she's she obviously she's a beautiful woman, mostly a TV actress. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, she was like this, the starlet of the time and she became attracted to Mike, um, and he to her. And it was like a, you know, the beauty and the beast type of trope. Um, but yeah, I remember, right. Bobby. right. But I remember watching that, you know, that, that interview? interview, um, in, in the, the excerpts in this documentary. And I was like, Whoa, why is she like sandbagging him like this? But then I'm thinking, you know what, if I'm in a, if I'm in a relationship where I genuinely am afraid for like my long-term safety, mm-hmm. I might, I mean, it, it makes sense that I would kind of act out and this sort of like des- this desperate attempt. It's a cry for help is really what it is. I'm going to get on national television and I'm going to say, yeah, no, he's abusive and he's dangerous. And, and it wasn't even necessarily couched in like a, I love him, but it was a straight up like, nah, this ain't no crazy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to be like, wow, that backstabbing, you, you know, you know what. But it's also like, nah, man, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, the, the documentary to that point has already established Tyson as, a, as an unstable kind of individual. And yeah, so, like the incident with um, Teddy Atlas. With Teddy Atlas's his, um, sister-in-law. sister-in-law. Yeah, his yes. under, 11-year-old sister-in-law who he groped. Like, so we know that he's not entirely in his right um, well, I don't want to say in his right mind. It's not that he's he's mentally ill, but that it's his- like they said when it's like Rosa Perez said that when you grow up in the street life, it alters, it rewires yeah. your brain. And there was and one dude. There was one dude who said like, "You come from nothing, you get all this stuff. It doesn't mean anything because you you never had it to begin with." So yeah, it's it's like right. It's all these pressures right that are mounting on him, and that's understandable. It's a matter of socialization. But it's yeah, so messy. I think it's like not a simple. No, it's not. It's not. And like, and differentiate. And I'm sure. I mean, he. They. They mentioned that he went on to say that it was a mutually abusive relationship. I'm sure that, you know, uh, there's a possibility that she was maybe a bit verbally and emotionally abusive to him. Sometimes doesn't justify anything, but like, yeah, like you said, it's a toxic. It's a toxic thing, and two people who just really aren't right for each other, and and they'll respond to that in the in the ways that they can. Tyson being more of a physical person. Robin Gibbons maybe being more of a verbal person, you know, and and, and you know it it she it, it wasn't like any type of opportunity that she had before then, like to say anything because they'll probably think like oh you're crazy right. or but there was already rumors yeah, of things exactly. happening in that household so but so Barbara Walters who everybody watched back in the yeah. day they we were still like watch okay, Barbara Walters <laughs> still watch Barbara Walters but still watch her but in that moment. That was her golden opportunity to say it because yeah. in the beginning you you saw in the beginning of their interview she was saying how like you know he's very kind he's um it's given like the media a bad look on him mm-hmm. but then as soon as barbara Walter says did did he hit you or has he hit you before she just laid it out he said like he shakes he pushes mm-hmm. screams like he becomes like uh uh well, basically, like, basically, she's calling him, like, an animal, like, in the house, yeah. so, like, throws anything. So, after that, he got tired of it and threw her shit out. Yeah. And so, that's when they filed for a divorce, but I'm glad that she left, because we don't know what the hell would have happened to yeah. her. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it says she declined to be interviewed for the mm-hmm. documentary. Yep. There's one interview that I really am surprised that they haven't gotten. There was another trainer, Mike Tyson. There was Teddy Atlas, Customata, but another dude that was in that camp was mm. Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney was Mike Tyson's main, one of his other main guys when Teddy Atlas left. Mm-hmm. And then I think after after one of the promoters died, because they mentioned, I forgot uh, the two Jimmy names. something. Yeah, one of those Jimmy guys. Jacobs? Yeah, it might be Jacobs, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude left Mike Tyson too, and he's gone on to train other champions like uh, Vinny Paz. But Kevin Rooney is a a significant part of Mike Tyson's life and was one of the other big influences in his training. Mm-hmm. And he didn't he didn't show up for an interview. And you can see him in the documentary, you mm-hmm. know, in his corner mm-hmm. in some of his fights, and he's nowhere to be found. Is he alive still? Yeah, he mad alive. Okay. He might he might be coming in in the next episodes of the of the documentary Possibly. maybe like I don't know if it's it, yeah it's it's a, mean, it's a possibility that he'll be here we, um, yeah but uh, it's actually a good time I kind of want to uh, to maybe to talk about things that were left out because I was surprised that they didn't mention the the relationship between him and Ali I mean it wasn't like a like a a super close one but they definitely had an interaction because. When when Tyson fought oh, yeah. uh, when Tyson fought uh, Larry, Larry Holmes, Holmes. he was he was doing it for Ali because that I mean he uh, uh, Spinks was the last guy to beat Ali but I think Holmes was the that's one Leon who... that's Leon Leon Spinks yes that's that's his brother Michael and then the other dude he fought he fought three two dudes who fought Ali Te- Trevor Burbick was the one who wait, had him on the ice skates hang on okay wait actually yes I'm sorry Trevor Burbick yes. Trevor Burbank had that nigga on the ice skates. Yes. Yeah, that, that my bad. Mm-hmm. That was the last guy to, to beat Ali. But I think Holmes was the one who, like... Really like, beat Ali. Just, like, that was the beginning of the end, I guess, for Ali. I it was sure. the end. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they. I was surprised because there is that, like, footage where Ali comes into the ring and he hugs Tyson and he says, get him for me, and then goes back into the audience, you know, and I just kind of thought that that'd be something that they would highlight. But, um... Uh, let's talk about Customato because Customata. I really think that um, that's a really beautiful relationship. It is like the real it life is. Rocky and Adonis Creed type of thing, you know, um, yeah. where the, you have the surrogate father figure who's teaching him boxing and in so doing is also teaching him about life. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting that they talked about is how there's like this um, about Cus and the kid, right? This like image of him as the the great white hope the great white father the white who, man the white savior save tyson from a life of abject poverty right but i don't yeah. think but here's I don't the think thing. it's like that either i think the media was mm-hmm. maybe fetishizing it that way but i don't necessarily buy that the relationship dynamic was actually like that. nah but also because i was a kid from the street too and exactly he's, listen italian yeah. italians in in the depression were like mexicans yeah. Today is is what I can come up with. It. Sorry if I offend anybody, but that's the way shit was. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather was uh was beat up for being in a town in Brooklyn called Greaseball, mm-hmm. Guinea, all that shit, and they were getting into fights. Yeah, and just coming here to do work that nobody else wanted mm-hmm. to do, type of thing. Exactly, and right. you know, going off to um, war. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ahmad, but going off to war and fighting in the streets, and it's the Great Depression. Everyone's broke. Everyone's poor. 
Right. So he he grew up yeah. in, in the same environment as Tyson. Maybe with like less crack, but I think you know. Uh, also lost is, his mother. Alcohol is banned. Yeah, both their mothers passed away. Mm-hmm. Alcohol um, lost his mother. You know, alcohol is uh illegal, so alcohol is basically like the drug trade back then with mm-hmm. you know bootlegging and shit. Mm-hmm. So they grew up in similar environments. It's yeah. not like you know uh we have a Mike Tyson kind of kid out here in the streets of Harlem and some dude on the Upper East Side takes him in and teaches him how to box. It's not like that. It's a it's not like white the dude from the street side. and a black dude. Yeah, it's not like the blind side. Right. It's a white dude from the street yeah. and it's a black dude from the street. Right. And ultimately, you know, it's it's it just harkens back to the whole thing about like how class is really kind of like the root Mm-hmm. Of, uh, even of race, class preceded race in terms of like, you know, yeah. how much you have is what defines your worth in society. So, um, yeah, no, I think their relationship seemed healthy. I think Cuss knew that Tyson wasn't that mentally strong yet mm-hmm. and that he needed something to focus on. Um, and even then, like, and then you have the, the dynamic with Teddy, who's like maybe more uh, in the trenches with him, and he's like a big brother. And a big brother, yeah. Yeah. And so he's trying to sort of steer him. But, you know, at the end of the day, like when his actual family is kind of jeopardized by Mike, it's like, okay, I got to I got to draw a line in the sand here. And their encounter, you know, is described where he pulls. Has there any been has there been any like. I'm sure there hasn't been, but maybe any kind of like ending or mending or like real apology from Mike towards Teddy. I'm not sure, actually. I mean, they they speak about this in a documentary a lot. And Mike has. Uh, addressed it in other occasions Mm -hmm. but maybe it's one of those things where like you know what i know i fucked up i don't i don't have i shouldn't just apologize Mm -hmm. to him about it like to make it better because i can't right you know but has there been any like understanding between because they're also gonna be around each other they're all around boxing probably go to like a hall of fame some shit together like yeah, I don't know, actually. I mean, we'll see maybe – because that was the, his last appearance in this episode of the documentary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll pop back up, but it seemed like he had enough goodwill to come in and talk about the beginning. And then yeah. maybe, like, when he got to the point that – and then I stopped talking to Mike Tyson, like, you know, there's nothing else you really ask me about. I don't know. It didn't necessarily seem like he was – it, you know, listening to him talk, it didn't seem like the rest of his experiences with Mike were affected by that situation. Um, but yeah. I think he also just was speaking from like a like these are the facts and this is what I had to do, and it is what it is type of thing. I hope that they ameliorate uh, maybe in some way. But you know, yeah, like you said, Jude, it's some stuff. It's like even if time has passed and we've healed from it, I don't necessarily need to like try to make a reconnection. Try to make it better. You, know? you can't. Um, so yeah, I mean, we should also, I mean, uh, we, I forgot to mention this guy, um, Bobby Stewart, who was the the prison guard at this place, uh, the Tryon Penitentiary School that Mike Tyson was Mm. shipped off to after like doing a bunch of street crime, who kind of was the first guy to like teach him boxing. And then he took him up to Catskills where he met Cuss. Um, but yeah, after this, you know, Tyson starts watching all those boxing films and he becomes obsessed specifically with Jack Dempsey. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, yes. And studying not and only the boxing technique, not, yeah, not only the technique, but also like their their posturing, their swagger, you know, all of that, and, yep. and figuring out how do I, how, what does being a boxer mean outside of the ring, or like when you're not actually throwing punches. So you can see him really trying to model his life after this one thing. Um, 
and then of course he goes to the uh, uh, well we you know he goes to the Olympics at one point the Junior Olympics in Colorado Springs um, after the he doesn't fight in the actual Olympics no but after the Which fallout with, with Teddy he fights Trevor Burbick I like this segment where they talk about you know him going back to the hood um, with his driver I thought the driver was really cool his his limo That's driver. Dope. That's a cool guy. That's yeah. a cool guy. I think in that part of his life, he was on his Jack Johnson shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give him. And, it's, and it's funny because at least they say you wouldn't imagine anybody to come back to the mm-hmm. hood in a Ferrari, like having people come in, give you like autographs with just like ripped up paper bags. You leave the car for four and hours and it's still it. there. Three hundred thousand dollars. That is Mike like, Tyson. It's that's You're what happens that. when you get fear and respect in the same <laughs> in the same moment. This, you better not touch that car. <laughs> you fuck you up. Give <laughs> me um, Nino Brown standing on the corner with forty yeah. niggas from CMB. Like, now that's Mike Tyson's car. <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it alone. Um, leave it alone. Now. No, 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 no. What was really funny is is that one white dude when they in the early like archival footage, given they were like on a bus tour, and he says like you know. We're in we're in Brownsville, uh, which can you know uh, compared to basically he said like it made Harlem look like a a a, 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 a well to do middle class community <laughs> um, compared to Brownsville because we because Harlem's always lit period yeah it used to be crazy and lit it used to be dangerous and oh lit. no it used to be crazy and lit once it seems it used to be a line of crack houses yeah <laughs> yeah especially over by where where I live right now yeah. Especially about where, where Justin live over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also local. Well, up here yeah, was yeah, up fine. here was where you had like the the lounges and the the jazz yeah. clubs and whatnot, which you could still get into some trouble outside. Of, you know, if you're doing you're doing too much gambling, somebody pull you into the alleyway and say, mm-hmm. "Yo, Justin, Tupac had one line in Juice Riverside, motherfucker. That's what you from, bro." <laughs> but you know, uh, Cab Calloway definitely got like you know. Uh, held up at knife point somewhere <laughs> in, a, in a corner. Near oh, yes, he did. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's uh, what one of the things I thought was really interesting was Don King. This dude, fuck Don King. <laughs> oh my god, I did not know. Fun fact about him, uh, he used to be a client at my mom's job. What? What's your mother doing? Yeah. Used to be a client at at the it's a law firm. Used to be a client. What like hey, and, and no yeah did she make him into the super saiyan? No, she she never met him. She never met. Thank him. God. But dude, I yes, Justin, I do not like that man. <laughs> I don't like him. It's a one black one, man will just sell off. He is. He's he a money hungry yeah. coon. Uh, huh, huh. I like, always say this: slavery, Jim Crow, and he survived. <laughs> Well, listen though. I mean, what he's he is a survivor. Like that's what they established about him. Even in those few, he he. First of all, he's dangerous. Killed a man for owing him money. Kicked him to death. Kicked him to death. Yeah. Then went to jail, and then went to jail, and then came out, and in three years was promoting the Rumble in the Jungle. This dude. How? Oh my god. How? (laughs) Did he learn from him? (laughs) This dude is. He is like. I mean, that's like I said. Con men gone con. Like he's. He's a he's a scammer. He's uh you just you have guys like that who are who are smooth talkers and they can get into any room, and then they're but they're mm-hmm. they're all about themselves. Um and uh, yeah, obviously like he got his claws into Tyson. I'm sure we're gonna see more of that uh be explained in the, in the next few episodes. 
Um, it was crazy. But man, man, I the mur- just the transition from jail to rumble in the jungle. Yeah, to be an best promoter, fight promoter ever. Mm-hmm. Like this man, this man at Trump Plaza, like. Jesus Christ, I did not even think, I didn't even know. Like, Trump was the one that pushed that fight between him and um, Spinks. And yeah, put it up in, happened, uh, poor Spinks. In, 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 poor, poor yeah. Spinks. Because yeah. it was originally $7 million, and then Don was like, make it 14 Make it 14 million. You're going to knock him out. Like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, like, he he would, they said he would come up to these uh, black boxers and tell them, you know, like, try to, Real a man talking about some come here, brother. Mm-hmm. Like let me let me let me uh let me tell you how how America is like pushing us back. Mm-hmm. Like how you want to be a fool and make this money. Like that's how he reels a man. Like that's how he gets his his money. I wonder and how he got the Mexicans. Forget who those his are Chavez. Just any know. just anything about like the just you know about racism. I mean, you, like whether or not he actually believed in systemic racism, he knew that other people did and that he could use it to get you know fighters on his side. So, um, you're just exceedingly a self advantageous person, um, kind of despicable. But like I said, I you know Ahmad, listen, give it fifty years, you get in there and 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 play. <laughs> get be that biopic money, man. No, I'm just, I will yeah. have a fat suit. I will have a fat suit for that. One. <laughs> I am not gonna be like Christian Bale where he put on all that weight. Ahmad I'm not gonna do that like Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney could put on like. Oh hell to the no. Oh my god. No no no. I, I would just literally slick my hair up like this and then it said, Oh, why you hair where you why you wear your hair like that? My hair is my hair where's my hair like it my, is. My hair where's me. My hair where's me. You just have to shave the beard and leave the mustache. That's the only thing. Oh my god. No. Only in America now. <laughs> only in America. Um, it's it's he 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 made he made sure in any situation that Mike was in, he was there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He said, "I'm gonna stay with." He's going. I'm gonna make sure he stays with me and doesn't go to anybody else. Cause, well, in the second episode, the second episode, it talks about his time in jail. But it's, they made sure they told him, "Do not go back to Don." Mm. And so that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He went right back to him. He keeps those people yeah. like, like like it's a like it's poison. You right. can't get How away get from Ali? John King once he has you. How did he get Weapons? Ali? How did he get Ali? I don't know. You know. He probably, probably well, he's uh, Muhammad was well, Muhammad Ali was a conscious brother and Don had those talking points. Mm-hmm. Now he was That's in jail. Is that jail talk? Because a lot of um dudes in the nation of Islam were in jail. At that time, yeah. And then they became righteous in jail and got smart in jail. I think he found his way. I just have a theory. Okay. You mean some Nation of Islam niggas in jail and got to Ali that way? I don't know for sure. Uh, but could that be possible? I don't know. Well, the Nation of Islam definitely caused some issues for Ali, just like it did for Malcolm. Um, <laughs> so. Nah, um, Ali rolled out for them niggas. He kind of uh, went kind of like... Un- he parted from uh, Malcolm. He parted from Malcolm, kind of put him under the bus when um, Malcolm was talking about um, Elijah Muhammad being a fuck nigga. Yeah, I said it. Because he was. <laughs> yeah, I said it. If your name starts with the honorable, you're not honorable. 
He's um, almost 90 sh- years old. All these niggas survive. All the terrible people survive. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's that saying that evil doesn't die young. Um, That's true. It sustains. That's so true. You're just, you're just too mean to die. But uh, this, this Wait, he episode killed two the, people. Oh, I'm sorry. King has been charged with killing two people in incidents 13 years apart. In 1954, he shot a man in the back after spotting him trying to rob one of his gambling houses. And in then the... Yeah, and then the manslaughter where he stomped the dude out. This thing is crazy. So he killed two people and was Dangerous making hella dude. bread after that. I don't trust well, him. Well, times were different back then, though. Yeah. Times were times very were different. different. Everybody was dangerous to a certain extent. If it wasn't Big That's very true. If you, weren't if you grew up in the Great Depression, yeah. if you grew up in the Great Depression, you were a bad motherfucker. Yeah. But it's like you have you have Cuss have... and you have Don King, and like they were both... Uh, you know, Mike Tyson, he had, like, a bunch of different people that were kind of surrogate fathers in different times of his life, and they were either positive mm-hmm. influences or negative ones, and eventually he had to, you know, develop his own um, his own moral compass. But I was just going to say this episode of the documentary ends with uh, uh, Tyson taking his first L from James Buster Douglas. Uh, the fight goes yeah, 10 was, rounds, but Buster dope. knocks him down, and it's considered one of the biggest upsets in sports history. Um, yeah. There's it's a whole a good, documentary about it called 42 and 1 on yeah. um on uh ESPN Plus. Yeah. It's 30 for 30. It was it was, it was dope. It was one of, it was the world's biggest upset but it was like it was um Buster's like biggest moment of all time mm-hmm. because he had to make he had to make up for it since his his mother passed away a month before the yeah. fight. I don't and, know how he did that. Um, he was like he was like I'm not I'm not going to let her down like she she told she said on the news like this is like a big moment for him. So why would he want to walk away from that? And they were saying like you have so many al- athletes that would want to walk away, but for him, he has to do it for his mom. And he said that they said that Tyson was wasn't even training; he was at yeah. going to parties, nightclubs, all mm-hmm. that. Buster was in the gym training, getting ready for that moment. And so yeah, he knocked him out. And don't we see that? We see that in we see that in boxing movies all the time, right? Like in in the Rocky movies, like when mm-hmm, you get too mm-hmm. preoccupied with the celebrity and everything, and you take the 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 thing that got you there for granted. Here comes this dude who's been punching yep. cinder blocks for three hours a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he comes and hits you, and you feel it. That's why Creed they they had to take Creed to the desert. That's right. In that second movie, here you hammer this tire, come hammer this tire, and so you stand in the put your foot in the middle of it and swing. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, Creed Two is a great, good man. Joint. It's great. It's, it's, very it's good. honestly, I From honestly think it's it. just as good as the first one. It because is. It's, I feel it's like one of those rare times. I feel like the second one could have been the first one. Like the whole thing mm-hmm. is that, mm-hmm. you ha- like, if you tell somebody, okay, I'm going to make a, a Rocky spinoff about a, a Apollo Creed's son, immediately they're going to think about Drago. But the fact that uh, Ryan Coogler took the time to develop Creed by himself as a character before putting him up against the legacy character. That's why that first movie is great, and then that's yeah. why the second movie is cool. Even though Coogler's not directing it, but like because it, they, it, they're I think they're on the same playing field, and it's got a lot of the same team behind it. I really like those oh, yeah. both those movies. I'm not sure about the third one. <laughs> I want. I'm looking forward to the third. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie. I, I want to see wh- who's gonna, who's gonna be Mr. T's son. Well, I hope. Yeah, mm. Well, they cast Jonathan Majors. Um, actually, in there, well, they there's speculation that Jonathan Majors will be cast in the movie opposite Michael B. Yes, uh, and if he's Mr. T's son, <laughs> such an that would be hilarious. Yeah, he's in talks. He's in talks. Yo, he getting Jonathan Majors out here making bank. Yo, he's yeah, in man. that he's Marvel going. joint. Bang. 
Oh my god, it's gonna be fire. Um, that movie is gonna is be amazing. I'm waiting for Ahmad and Jonathan Majors to have like a bromance. Oh, it's happening. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see it. Oh, it's gonna happen. Or, or they're playing oh, yeah. like com- like competing theater dudes. <laughs> that can be that. It can be a movie on that one. I'm down for um, that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see it go the MMA route. That's what I've been saying for a while. I like because yeah. because in the real world, boxers are like there is this interplay between boxing and MMA. I would like mm-hmm. to see like a high profile like MMA movie. And I think I mean Michael B. Jordan is directing this one, which which makes me a little nervous. Um, but uh, I think it could be cool if like Jonathan that. Majors is. Uh, it's just not. I mean, you know, obviously there have been so many boxing movies, so the formula works. But I don't just want to see him box another dude. Like I'm, you know, I've I've seen that twice already. So do something a little different. Um, uh, there's been five Rocky movies with boxing. We'll, we'll be six. just fine. Six, six. Rocky Balboa. Wow. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Rocky Balboa. But oh a, wow. Yeah, yeah. Six, and then you have the two Creed movies, and yeah. So it's like. And you, you know, My not to mention is, the other stuff, Cinderella Man. I've always noticed that martial arts, even MMA movies, are just corny as fuck, but boxing movies are so good. Well, but the thing is that there's a difference between having a martial arts movie where people are just fighting each other in the street and having an MMA movie where it's still the conf- – like at the end of the day, you're going into, an, into a ring. Have you ever seen Never Back Down? I have not. I watched yes. Never Back Down. Is that the one with Michael Jai White? I have. Uh, that's he's in a sequel that's to that. But watch the original Never Back Down. It's on Netflix. Oh, oh with Wes's. No, no, Wes's that's not in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Digimon Hunsu. Oh, Jaimon. Yeah, what am I thinking of then? There was a there was like a thing that. Well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of stuff. You know, undisputed. Uh, Warrior. With, yeah, and and. Warrior's all that. good. Warrior's a good one with Tom Hardy. Good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that. Um, Tom Hardy yeah. on them roids though. He needs to stop. <laughs> Oh, speaking but, of Tom Hardy, real quick, I'm sorry. I know we're going off topic, but it just reminded me of Venom 2. Y'all excited for Venom 2? With Carnage? Uh, <laughs> I'm I didn't like Venom 1 that much. I think Venom is a cool, a cool-looking character. He does not necessarily need to be carrying an entire movie. Ooh, I feel like the fight scenes in Venom 2 might be pretty good because Carnage is coming in. But am I excited for the movie? No. Am I excited to see Carnage on the big screen? For the yeah. first time, yeah, it'll be cool. For the first time, yeah. I mean, my... But am I more excited for Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes. I mean, my thing is, yeah. my thing is with Venom, <laughs> that first movie, and we talk about this a lot on the Medium Morg, uh, my other podcast, which you can check out on all... Yeah, I'm waiting for the Killer Season episode, Justin. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, that first movie ends with, like, basically you have Venom, who's a black monster, and Riot, who's a gray monster, and they're fighting each other at night, and you can't make any distinction <laughs> between the two of them. So at least with Carnage, it's like, okay, he's bright. He's supposed to be bright red. At least maybe I can like mm-hmm. tell what's going on. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not too excited about it. Um, what I will say uh, though, I think that we'll, we'll definitely continue to watch the rest of these, uh, the rest of this documentary, even if we can't cover it on the show before the season ends. Um, oh, yeah. But like uh, Jude was saying before we started recording, there's a lot of stuff happening in the fight world. Between now and our next yeah. recording, so uh, oh my be on the for that. Right. Did y'all want to podcast? Did y'all find anything funny on the That's internet right. this week that you feel like sharing before we uh, wrap here? Um, mainly your meme, Justin. You blew up on Twitter 
or last yes. weekend. Oh yeah, for responding day. to that Buster video. <laughs> All day. It's like bring, 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 bring yo. Mm-hmm. I had yeah, to turn that, off Twitter. That Buster video was funny as hell, though. I ain't gonna lie. Swiss Beats was he doing really a lot. The chin on the beat machine, like <laughs> Sir, stop. He it. really stop wanted it, him to stop. <laughs> and he kept going. He was like, nah, nah, I'm gonna get these niggas with this next one. He's like, I, you ain't ready for this one. Swiss Beats is just such an uncle. Like, that is just such yes. uncle swag. That and Busta Rhymes has the funniest face in hip hop. <laughs> Busta Rhymes has the funniest face in hip hop. He's just like, <laughs> every reaction, every video you see Busta Rhymes being funny is the best thing on earth. Yeah. I love Busta Rhymes for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Um, it's, uh, it, I mean, that was almost stopped as making material. Is just it was. Swiss, I mean, even though it was from so long ago, that's probably the only thing. But like, yeah, it came uh, out a year ago. But that uh, it was a D- that song was on the DMX album that mm-hmm. came out. Oh, so okay. that's why it, that's why it uh came up again. But oh my god, yeah, he needs a citation for that one. This is easy to divorce that nigga. Ahmad, you, uh, you find anything? Hey, me. <laughs> I just want to hold an arm. I just want to like, just put my face on Alicia Keys's arm. <laughs> Just right here. I want to put my face on her arm and tell her she can't sing, but that's that's just no. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Don't you dare! She can serenade with she can serenade to me with a COVID voice. I don't care. Shit, I'll probably die. I am um, I'll, I'll let her kill me. I am hiding. <laughs> um, in other news, um, it looks like we have Mr. Lebanon James. Um, he is very upset by his recent loss by the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. and there are so many fucking memes about this dude. Oh my god! Basically, he's upset because he this is his first time ever, like eighteen years in the league, losing the first round of the playoffs, mm. and. Everybody's just like, oh, this could be done for LeBron. You know, this is just like a Michael Jordan moment right here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the end of an era between with, with Michael Jordan, end of an era with, with LeBron James and RDC World. If y'all don't know about RDC World, please go look them up because mm-hmm. they made two parody videos about oh, this no. man. It is hilarious. Oh, my God. I'm going to send it to y'all. But, oh, my goodness. Damn. But, yeah. That's, That's really side. sad because the Knicks just lost too, and is, the fact that LeBron is just as bad as the Knicks right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. RDC is they're they're legends over there, man. They've been doing yes, this for they a are. long time. But um, yeah, I think that's a wrap for us today, beloveds. If you want more Uptown yes, Love, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HBO Pod. Rate and review the show wherever you get it. Listen to our back catalog. Thank you for spending some time on the block with us. Yes, sir. And ladies, stay safe, stay dangerous, and don't ask me for motherfucking breakfast. <laughs> oh my god. Just Dang don't. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, this is gonna be audacity for the, sure. man, the man has spoken. <laughs> be easy, y'all. Yes, yes. Until next time.